Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we summon a coven of psychic-type Pokémon to predict Nintendo's 2020. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how you doing? I'm doing so good. Yeah. Yeah, so happy to be back with you. Yeah, and uh, a happy new... I think we've already uh, wished each other happy New Year's on New Year's Eve, but happy New Year's to you now that we are in the new year. We made it. We. Uh, it looks like it. It looks like it. <laughs> um, we, uh, how, how are you? I'm doing great. Um, happy to be back. You know, just uh, living that 2020 life now. Mm. You, do you feel as though you're different now? <laughs> you're part cyborg now? <laughs> yeah, wiser maybe. I wasn't going to comment on your giant robotic oh, arm. Oh, thank but, you. That's kind of you. But now I've gone ahead and done it. Yeah. Um, just like I never mean to comment on Sonic Forces, but here we go. Let's do it. It's inevitable. You can borrow my copy of Sonic Forces. It is currently out in the world being borrowed by someone um, if you would like to be among those someones, all you got to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com. I send you my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch, of course. You play it for as long as you want, and then you send it back. It costs you nothing. Nothing. Uh, so that's good. It's the perfect program. It is, in fact, the perfect program. Um, and amazing that it continues mm. to persist. Uh, yeah, and that I have yet to be disappointed by someone just stealing my copy. We of have the good game. listeners. What can we say? We do have good listeners. Speaking of good listeners, we got an email from Garrett, a very good listener. Um, Garrett says, "Happy New Year from England, Patrick and Mark. I just listened to your to your review of 2019 and thought I'd share what I enjoyed playing. Of course, on our last episode, we talked about every single game that we played last year. Sorry about that. Uh, I do not apologize." <laughs> Um, but Garrett thought he would share uh, the games that he's been playing, or he played through the year, uh, and they're in sort of categories here. The first is new games. Uh, I only bought two, Pokemon Shield and Fire Emblem Three Houses, which I completed four times. Wow. I'm First of all, Shield is obviously the best one, so good job, Garrett. And I didn't think we were going to start like a <laughs> throwing shade at each other over which version of Pokemon we bought. And uh, I am so impressed that you played Fire Emblem Three Houses four times. That is my dream to be able to do that. Uh, yeah, no, it, it is certainly impressive. That is a lot of time in that game. Um, which, uh, but I wonder what other hmm. playthroughs are like, right? Because yeah. like, you probably, at least I don't imagine that I would feel the need to explore every inch of the monastery every time you're exploring you know yeah once you've done it once yeah i mean if yeah because there you don't really need to recruit anyone like you can really go in with just like your people and like the uh the professors that will join your team no matter what and you could this is all theoretical but you could also maybe we're just saying like, it's possible <laughs> you know like uh recruit just if there was like a one or two people you know you want yeah totally you could easily spend time just recruiting them Anyways, very cool. Right. Uh, and we, we are all impressed. Uh, backlog. This is the backlog category. Valkyria Chronicles and Valkyria, Valkyria Chronicles 4, both superb. Xenoblade Chronicles on the Wii uh, and Persona 5. 
So Garrett seems like he is into uh, JRPGs. Nice. Um, and then replays Breath of the Wild Master Mode and Xenoblade Chronicles 2 plus the Torna extension. Wonderful. Uh, please try some Xenoblade. I'm sure you'd enjoy them. I'm really looking forward to the remake of the original that's coming out this year. Yeah, and I have the second one, um, and I don't remember if there is, if like they patched in a Japanese voice track later or something like that. I can't remember either. I can't, can't remember. Um, but the English voice acting, you know, it, I, I could deal with it. Was it was bad. For, it was bad. I could deal with it for three hours or so, and then I was like, I'm not going to do it anymore. Yeah. Um, uh, and then on the 3DS, he played Animal Crossing New Leaf um, and Story of Seasons. And then says, as for 2020, I'm looking forward to Animal Crossing New Horizons, of course. Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, Persona 5 Scramble, and probably Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Kind regards, Garrett. Thanks, Garrett. Thanks, Garrett, for writing in. And if anybody else wants to share what they've been playing or what they did play in 2019. That's right. You can email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Um, we also got an interesting tweet from Adam. Mark, you want to? Yeah. So he says, a friend and I were having a conversation last night about DLC and modern games and its relevance and place. What are your thoughts? Uh, relevance and place. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, tough. Right, because uh, there are very few games that I go back to once the DLC is out. Right, um, that it has to be like a specific kind of game that, like for a a single player, you know, like third person action kind of game. Um, I don't think DLC is really like a driving force for me. But in something like a fighting game or a racing game something that like i'm dipping in and out and you know can sample like i can play mario kart whenever i can play uh street fighter 5 whenever and when new characters come out it's not you know figuring out you know where i left off what my goals were last time have i completed enough of the game to like actually you know uh use the dlc um so i think for me it might be genre specific Mm -hmm. what do you think uh one of the things that i've found interesting with nintendo really i feel like since the switch launched is um watching them figure out ways to extend the life of games yeah right like we even saw with the curve the kirby game for switch that i'm blanking on right now uh the uh kirby star allies yeah star allies where it's like okay we are for a year basically they did it with like mario tennis aces like all these games that in the past i never would have thought that they would continue to trickle out content like this yeah um they have done so, like in uh, introducing new allies, introducing new um, uh, pl- uh, characters, playable characters, and aces, and all that kind of stuff, as a way to keep people, maybe even just like a small percentage of people, like coming back to the game. And then also where they choose not to do that, right? We haven't seen anything for Kirby Kirby's uh, Woolly World. And by Kirby, no, I mean Yoshi, Yoshi. Yoshi's Woolly World. Yeah, yeah. We haven't seen anything for Yoshi's Woolly World, which seems like it wouldn't be too tough to like make new levels or even just like new costumes or like you know boss like bosses on higher difficulty or something like that. Well, like we also haven't seen anything for um, Mario Party or I mean Mario Odyssey or anything like that. Yeah, I mean Odyssey, we got uh, Luigi's Balloon World. Oh, that's but, true. Like, that's true. Um, you know the the the. Th- Thing that would like drive people back to um, Odyssey would be like a new kingdom, right? right? Um, and I just wonder, um, like, 
yeah, that would everyone who already owns the game would, I guess, go back to it and, you know, pick it up maybe if it's uh, cheap. Right. But like if they're asking too much money for it, uh, you know, like I don't know that everyone will go back to it necessarily. For sure. And, I, you know, I think we've also seen them do that kind of stuff like uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 had the the Torna, the Golden Country. Right. Yeah. And um, just more like traditional DLC with Fire Emblem and Mar- the Marvel superhero game and even Zelda Breath of the Wild. And so to see Nintendo kind of try to figure out what works and when it works and with what types of games yeah. people are willing to pay for it and which one of it is just going to be free to keep people engaged to like add more value to the game it's been really interesting to see in general i feel like dlc is a good thing for the industry um i think games being 60 bucks for as long as they've been 60 bucks is like crazy and totally unsustainable yeah and so i think something like uh dlc makes a ton of sense for developers when you're going to have those like really tapped in players who love your game and are really engaged with it. I mean, from a business standpoint, you just have to figure out a way to like make all of the work you did and you had you had to sell it for 60 bucks yeah. worthwhile. Yeah, and like I wonder if Nintendo is in an uh like a, a not unique but like interesting place um among developers where like the people who are bought into their uh, into their IP and into their like whole ecosystem are like way into it, right? Right. Where, like, there's almost I'm not gonna say no question, but there's basically no question that when I pick up a Smash Brothers, I'm gonna get whatever the the Fighters Pass is. Totally. Um, and you know that uh, I happily paid for the DLC for uh, Mario Kart 8 on the Wii U, and then bought the whole game <laughs> new when it came to Switch. So like, um, that there is a, an element of like these people are I- into it already, and they will. So like the percentage of uh, players who are buying the uh, DLC also like goes up. It also like as far as um, it's good for like the secondhand market because it means that Nintendo because Nintendo really resists putting out um, like definitive versions of games that have the DLC right, already like those, included. Like, game of the Year edition type yeah, things. Everyone else does it. Nintendo doesn't. Um, so like if you bought Breath of the Wild new now, um, you would still have to pay the extra twenty bucks for the uh, expansion pass, which is good for Nintendo because it means that they actually see some money from you buying a copy. Oh, I, I said new, but I guess I meant used. Right. Um, so that like it still is a way for them to um, make more money off of uh, like copies that they wouldn't have seen any any profit from. And otherwise. I, I think like anything else, like there are obviously cases where it's abused. Like Adam points out in uh, one of his follow-up tweets that like when endings are gated by DLC, when it's like, oh, you don't really get the real ending. Yeah, that's you Right, like it, it sucks. But um, for the most part, bad DLC is easily avoidable, right? Like I, I think both you and I paid up front for the uh, Zelda DLC before we knew what it was. Yep. We've done it with like the fighters for smash brothers but in general we still don't know what there's no real advantage to the right there's no like real advantage to like pre-ordering dlc right um but i'll do it i've done it (laughs) i've done it a bunch although i'm saying it's kind of in general it's easy to avoid bad dlc totally yeah right yeah yeah that that's right um and as as long as uh you know uh the conversation becomes uh more interesting and maybe we have to save it for uh, another time because we've been on this for a little bit um but when you start 
uh, taking into consideration games that are largely online, like Splatoon um, or like Tetris 99, um, it is sort of the expectation that the experience of playing those games is that it changes and evolves and grows as you're playing with it, which isn't necessarily my expectation of a Zelda or a Mario or whatever. And when we do get something extra, that that is a fun like incentive reason to go back. Um, and in some cases, like a reason to say like, yeah, you already have me for like 150 hours of gameplay time. You can have 20 more dollars. Like, yeah. You earned it. Totally. I, in final words, just give us more tracks for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Just give us more tracks for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. It couldn't be simpler than that. Mark, let's get into our main topic. We are going to be predicting uh, 2020. Let's do it. Now, very specifically, we're going to be predicting Nintendo's 2020. We could do it all. We are not going to, however. <laughs> it's just going to be N Nintendo related. Um, and we are going to try to use the sort of skeleton uh, or like the pace of Nintendo's um, announcements and releases this year uh, for us to sort of like map onto that what we think is going to happen in uh, 2020. Right? Right. Because the dates change. And obviously, just because Nintendo's done something. In the past doesn't mean they're going to do it in the future. Yep. Never. It, look, Nintendo's a wild beast, man. You're never going to understand it. But their director, like their announcement schedule is actually pretty consistent. When you look at it, like for the most part, last year in 2019, they had an announcement, like a direct of some sort or an indie world every month except for January and October. Right. And some months you had like two, like February, you had a regular Nintendo direct and then a week or two later, you had the Pokemon Direct. Right. Well, and that first, uh, that first February Direct was uh, felt like it was the January Direct because traditionally later. it had been. Yeah, because yeah. traditionally there is one. Um, so uh, we're we're going to use that that uh, well known structure. Um, but uh, I also wrote up uh, nine predictions. Nine predictions exhaustive and i'm sorry and i know it's got to be so exhausting to be a listener of this show or a friend of mine because i'll make lists of nine predictions some of them fit kind of nicely into the uh the structure that we've uh sort of established here um and some are just sort of like outside of that so i'm going to try to like pepper them in yeah as, as we're talking through the year before we get into like specifics yes around the nintendo direct calendar do we want to just uh, take some guesses at what we think Nintendo's big marquee titles are going to be. Because there's always going to be stuff that we would never be able to guess, like an Astral Chain right. or a uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. But, I, you know, there are Nintendo staples that I think we can kind of take a guess as to them existing. Sure, that are sort of like the quadruple A games, yes. right? Like yeah. The, uh, um, the reason I, you buy a Switch. Right. Well, and also the the type of game that is going to, uh, you know, anchor Nintendo's booth at E3. Right. Um, they, you know, this year they sort of split it up between Pokemon and Luigi's Mansion 3, but those are both, like, huge games. Um, and, the, you know, the uh, year before that was uh, Smash. Um, and it's, you know, important to note that uh, Smash Brothers was teased at the, uh, the Direct that was in March of that year. So at this point, two years ago, we didn't know about the existence of the game that was going to be the booth, right. like the whole N Nintendo booth. So, I mean, it, this is a... And a, last year, mm. we didn't know about uh, 
Super Mario Maker 2 yeah. until May. Right. Um, so, they, I mean, N- Nintendo is pretty good at keeping some secrets. I mean, if, if we want to just, like, right now, what we know about for 2020 is just three games, right? It's uh, Animal Crossing. It is Xenoblade Chronicles at some point, um, and uh, Tokyo Mirage, Mirage uh, Sessions in just a couple weeks. Um, but ev- everything else is a mystery. Um, do you have a thought on what you think like the like big release game is going to be? So, I think yeah, I think it's Breath of the Wild two. Do you think Breath of the Wild two? I think Breath of the Wild two is the holiday game. Mm-hmm. With some Pokemon something or another in there. And I also think this is the year we get a like remake or a remaster, a deluxe version of 3D World. Super Mario 3D World. So Super Mario 3D World is a really good... I, I think that that's great. And I, I want to see it more than anything. I think that that will be an early 2021. Mm. I think we will see that in, in the Tokyo Mirage Sessions the Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, the super, uh, new Super Mario Brothers Deluxe. I think we're going to see it in that window, but not this year. Um, just, it, it, that seems to be how they've uh, treated like high-profile Wii U ports. Um, but I would also love to see it uh, anyway, because I love that game, and I'll play through it again. I mean, I definitely think we are due for some sort of Mario game this year. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's too early for Odyssey, and I don't think they would once again put breath of the wild and a new like new new mario game in the same year yeah yeah that would be weird um so two of my predictions speak to uh what what you have have mentioned right right now um and so i will read my uh this is my prediction number two um which states there will be a direct in march which will and i've kind of been talking my way through this which will tease something big that we either don't know about yet or is breath of the wild too. <laughs> Um, and that will be blown out at E3 at, at the booth. So I think they're going to keep that same sort of cadence of whatever the big thing is, um, be it uh, a, a new Mario thing or probably Breath of the Wild 2. We will see it first in March and then just a little bit, and then we'll see it huge at E3. Um, and then here's the other prediction, and I don't actually believe this one, but here's my prediction. <laughs> Pokemon will take the year off. Whoa. Someone from the Pokemon company appears in a direct to tell us that they are working on a game and it will happen in the first three months of the year, but that's it. Wow. Um, I don't actually think this one will happen because, I mean, again, it's the uh, do not assume that passes prologue, but with the Pokemon company, like, kind of do, right? Um, they release games annually. They release, like, mainline Pokemon games annually. Um it seems like a good time for them to like, you know, pump the brakes a little bit um, and, you know, spend time developing whatever the next big Pokemon experience is. Um, what, do, what do you think it would, if they do put out a Pokemon game this year, uh, what do you think that would be? Well, the Let's Go team has to be working on something or had to have been working on something, presumably, right? And... Uh, I don't know if there's another Let's Go game in our future, like a second generation or third generation remake. Yeah. But, so, I think the easiest guess is that it's like a third version of Sword and Shield. Yeah. You th- can they do that that fast? Is that... Uh... I mean, that was the uh, Sun and Moon and Ultra Sun and Moon cadence. Yeah, that's true. Um, And so, that would not shock me. But what I would really like to see is 
is not the release of a third version, but the release of, of Pokemon DLC for Sword and Shield that introduces like a new mechanic, a new post-game, new Pokemon, or whatever it is. Or a bunch of old Pokemon. Or a bunch of old Pokemon, <laughs> really. Um, I think that is... What about, uh, here's, here's a category that we've not, uh, of Pokemon game, a remake. Um, because they do that, the, where they remake earlier generations, like, in the current generation style. Yeah, that would be interesting. I feel kind of like Let's Go Yeah, was that, but yeah, at the was. same time, it wasn't. I mean, also, it doesn't have to necessarily be a mainline Pokemon game, right? We could get a Pokemon Tournament 2. We could get, um, like, a return of, like, a Mystery Dungeon game. So that, I'm to me, counts as taking a year. A year off. Oh, okay. I, I know. I know it's still releasing. A but you think? A game. Oh, so you're just saying like there wouldn't be like a mainline title, yes, like a remake or like a third version or something like that, right? But they'll, obviously, there's going to be some sort of Pokemon. They'll game. put out some sort of Pokemon yeah. game, uh, but no one will even bother to ask the question: Does this count as a mainline Pokemon <laughs> game? Does that make sense? <laughs> makes total sense. <laughs> All right, perfect. Um, so yeah, the, the, those were the the two quick things that that I wanted to bring up um, in relation to what we were just talking about there. Um, do you want to start back at the beginning of the year now? And yeah, sure. So in February, we had our first like big Nintendo Direct. I'm skipping over all the Fire Emblem heroes. Like, I think that's great. <laughs> all the FEH channel stuff. Uh, so the first I have a Fire Emblem related prediction. Oh, you Should do? I read that now? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, we will find out about a new Fire Emblem game this year. I don't know when, uh, and it will not come out this year. Um, it will likely be a remake or reimagining of a previous Fire Emblem, like game. another Fire Emblem Echoes type thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, there's no reason for them to. They'll continue to put out new content for uh, Heroes, right? Like that's fine. That chugs away as it does. Um, and you know, I think that they want to get another game out that is at the same level of quality that uh, Three Houses was. Uh, and I don't think that a year or whatever, a year and a half is enough turnaround time. They will take more time to get it done, but they want us to know about it before the end of the year. Yeah, I think that makes sense because Fire Emblem has become such a big franchise for Nintendo. And I think Three Houses has done incredibly well. But f- I think it was easier to make a Fire Emblem Echoes on the 3DS than oh, it would yeah. be to make something like that on Switch. Because again, it kind of comes down to this idea that we still haven't really seen Nintendo put out what I would call like 3DS quality titles yeah. at a lower price point on like the eShop, right? Because like something like Fire Emblem Echoes, you or like a Fire Emblem remake doesn't necessarily doesn't necessarily have to have all of the bells and whistles that Three Houses did. Yeah, but it would be hard to release something not of that fidelity. For six, you know, for like the same price that you were asking for for three houses. I honestly think it'd be tough to do it for forty bucks. Like, I, I think if someone knows that it is a Fire Emblem game made by Intelligent Systems, published by Nintendo, that uh, whatever the price point is, they expect they will expect it to be of the level of quality of three houses. Right, because like Link's Awakening is one of those titles that yep. like I would have previously assumed was just going to be like a 40 buck type thing that we saw in the same vein as like link between worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, but that obviously was not the case. Right. So yeah, I don't know how fire emblem threads that needle. 
uh, I'm sorry to have jumped in uh, right as you were starting to <laughs> actually start the uh, the the structure of, of this. No, no. So in February we got our last year we got our first big Nintendo Direct for the game for the year, and the focus was on Fire Emblem Three Houses. Yeah, a game that was supposed to come out originally, well, in 2018. Then right. got pushed to spring 2019. Then got pushed to July. Um, this I think is. Obviously, the Animal Crossing direct, one hundred percent, and that's because I don't think they, you know, we'll see maybe something for depending on when it happens, something for um, the Tokyo Mirage sessions. Um, but like other than that, like it's it, it's just all new stuff that it's got to. Yeah, like, and I'm not sure we will see anything before Tokyo Mirage sessions yeah, comes great. out, unless they're doing like the full direct beforehand. Yeah, great point. Um, so what what do you think is going to be at this uh, other than Animal Crossing? I think this is when we get our first big like third party stuff. Ooh, okay. That's coming this year, which as to what that is, I have no idea. I think the fact that we saw The Witcher on Switch on one cart, yes, indicates that we will maybe start seeing bigger like releases that were maybe held back by cart size previously yes from third parties um you know there were rumors when the switch first launched in that first year that like a call of duty game was coming that potentially something like gta 5 you know like all that kind of stuff and obviously all those games were way 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 too big yeah for the standard switch cart size but i'm wondering if now that we're seemingly past that a little bit if we will begin to see some versions of third-party franchises that we didn't expect especially from somebody like activision who has been active uh bethesda who you know they still have doom eternal coming yep um and seemingly there's no reason that what else bethesda is working on wouldn't also end up on switch yeah um i have a prediction here later in my list that i didn't really know how to sort um that just says more square enix games will be making their way over to switch including games that were previously thought to not be capable of being on switch like kingdom hearts 3 and final fantasy 15 um i also think that they will put more dragon quest games on switch um and possibly a uh, kingdom hearts collection on there as well um i think dragon quest has done pretty well for them and i think the Final Fantasy uh, re-releases um, have also been doing pretty well. And I guess we have a another Final Fantasy coming out, right? The the Crystal Chronicles. Oh yeah, that's right. That still hasn't been released. Yeah. Um. So, but I I expect to see. Remember how last year there was the one direct that was like a bunch of Final Fantasy games yeah. are coming. I think we're going to get that again. Um. But this time it'll also be like here's Dragon Quest four, five, six, seven, and eight. Kingdom Hearts 3, a Kingdom Hearts collection, and Final Fantasy 15. I think this is also the direct where we get um, the next Smash Fighter. Yep. Um, uh, this is one of my... Th- this is a, a wordy one, so please allow me to read it verbatim so we can all have a peek in my obnoxious head. During the, during the January direct, the last DLC fighter for the original Super Smash Bros. Fighter Pass will be revealed and released on the same day. Um, we know that the uh, fighter pass, all the content uh, will be out, quote, by February 2020. So that's that's already been stated that it will be out by February. Oh, wow. Um, <clears throat> also, the next DLC will be detailed, probably only with a number of characters, a rough release schedule, like by February 2021. 
um, and pricing. And then there will be some sort of bonus game mode or something like that that launches alongside the Fighter's Pass, um, but the second Fighter's Pass, but won't be... You won't have to buy the pass in order to get that new game mode. It'll just be like... It just comes... Like, it's a free update. Yes. And then if you want fighters, that's like an additional price. Yeah. Do you think that... And I guess maybe this is just my bias, but do you think that like more fighters is enough? Do you think at some point that they will feel the need to do some sort of like world of light expansion or just like a new single player story type thing so that's actually what i'm thinking that like the new game mode will be Mm -hmm. but that will be a free edition i think that uh the characters will continue to be the sort of thing that uh drives extra revenue in the game and any other updates that they're just going to give to everyone um because like you know it's it's different to just like gate the characters that people are able to use um and uh that's one thing and then uh, you know when there's still already like 70 whatever characters in the game already um and an- another thing entirely to be like uh, this game mode you can't play um or the story mode you can't play if you don't buy the DLC i don't know i mean i feel like traditional DLC does that all the time like zelda mm-hmm. right all that DLC is or especially like the champions ballad is uh, just story yeah, loose story that you're not able to see I don't know. I guess for me, I feel like additional characters to Smash, they are exciting in like the announcement and like learning more about them. But I do feel a sense of like diminishing returns. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I I wonder if that, uh, I mean, it's, this is not a prediction so much as it is just like speculation and like kind of questioning. Um, do you think that they have to do something different for the next set of characters? Like maybe announce them all at once and you get like five mm. characters all at once or like the characters are of a set or, you know, something like that. Yeah, I think it makes sense for them to trickle them out. Yeah. Um, but I don't know because you have to wonder like it, I don't, I can't imagine it takes the full like development team to create these fighters. So are all those people either working on a different project, right? Where a lot of them contractors, they're just not working at SOAR at all. You yeah. know, like that kind of stuff. There's a lot of unknowns. Yeah. Well, and also like, I wonder if they would put out a like set of fighters where they don't give, they don't give the characters like the full red carpet treatment. You know, like every character that we've gotten in this fighters pass has been like, Okay, here's the character. Here's their level. Here's way too much music. Here's a bunch of background characters that are from that character series. And like, here's Sakurai explaining the history of right. uh, Fatal Fury and, you know, all of this stuff around them. Or like, if in the next, uh, the next pack, they're like, okay, here's Waluigi. And like, you don't need more stuff about Waluigi. Here's Waluigi, you know? Right. Yeah. I f- it, to me, it, it seems like if they were, it just kind of seems beside the point of like the Smash Brothers adding new characters yeah. to treat it that way. Um, but I really don't know because I, I, the fighters pack must have performed extremely well for them in order for them to want to continue doing it. Yeah. Well, also I wonder if they're like, and it's just one more character. We're just putting out one. Right. More. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It could be. <laughs> and it's 20 bucks. And if, <laughs> and if you want to play as gold Mario, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta pay the 20 bucks. So we also, uh, just a couple of weeks later on, got a Pokemon Direct that was specifically for the reveal of Pokemon Sword and Shield. I think we are going to get a third version or some major update 
to Sword and Shield this year. Uh, so I think we will see another like Pokemon Direct like Man, we did last year. That's wild that in February we got a Pokemon Direct for a game that wasn't going to come out for another like nine months. Yeah. But I think that is like fairly typical for uh, Pokemon reveals. Sure. Okay. To be at like the top of the year. So you think Pokemon continues apace? We see uh, another Pokemon Direct. I think so. I think we. I think we see something of substance for Generation Eight. Whether it's a uh, new chunk of content that you have that kind of like replaces the third version that they've done previously, or if they're just like, we're going for it. We're doing a full third version. Like, yeah. you know, that uh, has the content and put characters, uh, Pokemon at both in one. Or, like, a. it's hard to say because there are so many different things they could do, like the Ultra Sun, Ultra mm-hmm. Moon, all that kind of stuff. What if it's a Pokemon Home? What if we're going to get a clear image of what that is? Because I, I think uh, everyone is sort of expecting that just to be Pokemon Bank. Um but if that is a richer, because they've already said that like it's an experience where like you can hang out with your Pokemon. Well, and it is notably not called Pokemon Bank. Yeah. So like I wonder if we will get a uh, a look at what that is at around that time. Um, and uh, I mean maybe that does start to come with like yeah, and we're patching more Pokemon into um, Sword and Shield or whatever. Like the next version of Sword and Sh- uh, Pokemon Spear also has. Um, you know, like 300 more Pokemon in it or something. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Um, there was also there was an indie direct in March. Impossible to predict. <laughs> no one can predict uh a, a, an indie direct except I will say uh maybe finally chapter two of Delta Rune. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. And then in April we had uh the Super Smash Brothers Ultimate direct where new content was revealed, new DLC, new characters, all that kind of stuff. Uh, wait, which Direct was this? Uh, this was just a Smash Brothers DLC Direct. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, so that gave us, con- last year we had announcements in February, two in February, one in March, one in April. And then in May, we had the next big Nintendo Direct. This one was focused on Super Mario Maker 2. Um, so at this point, I think we will have detailed for us at this Direct metroid prime trilogy hd mm-hmm. um and i in my heart of it i it's i want so bad it is my dream that uh pinball hunters and federation force are also included in this collection um but i would be content to just have pinball in there <laughs> <laughs> i can see them not wanting to uh you know try to get like the multiplayer of uh hunters or federation forces going um but pinball could be a nice just like you know add-in sort of uh, a bonus there. That would be really fun if they did that. Uh, do you have any thoughts on uh, what, what could come around then? I mean, so uh, I think I misspoke earlier when I said that we didn't know about Super Mario Maker 2 until May. I think we did know May was the one where they kind of blew it out. Yeah. Where we got a lot more details. And so this is the one where I think we get the blowout on Breath of the Wild 2. Because oh, I think interesting. That is their feature. Before... E3, uh, E3 because I think that is their featured game at E3. Okay. And and they don't save the uh the direct itself for um E3 time. Right. I mean, so I think what my prediction is what will happen is that we get the first real look at Breath of the Wild 2, but obviously we don't learn everything. Right. Right. And then in June we learn a little bit more. Uh, usually we learn everything <laughs> about these games. And then one month later we learn a little bit more, but it's not the focus 
of the direct in June um or the E3 direct but it is like play there's a demo at the booth okay all right i guess the only thing now that i'm saying it that would be a little bit weird about that is i think breath of the wild is obviously a huge game yep but unless breath of the wild 2 introduces a lot of new stuff whether it be like the design of the world or like new items or weapons or anything maybe it's not enough to anchor Nintendo's E3. Like does it feel a little bit like what it's, what it's do you curious, demo right? that yeah. you d- that is like not really cuz Majora's Mask, right? As yeah. an example, if we're using that as kind of like oh they some, built something completely new and foundational in Ocarina of Time and then they make a sequel that kind of iterates on it, messes with the formula a little bit. But if you were playing like a demo of Majora's Mask, it functionally is not all that different. Right. From Ocarina of Time. As, yeah, especially if, if you're allowed 12 minutes with it or whatever. Right. Um, and like... But only allowed to film video for three. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and when they say, uh, do you want to capture footage on this? And you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm flattered that you think I might be able to do that and have need for it, but I do not. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a, a very good point. Because like, how is it going to demo differently than the original Breath of the Wild, which demos really well because it's like you go off in this direction, someone else goes off in another direction and you all have totally different experiences. But if like, and especially if you're back in the same Hyrule, I would think that they would badly not want you to do that. A hundred percent. Even if the structure of the game makes all of that different over time or like makes that experience different, um, it's not going to demo quite quite the same way. So maybe Nintendo's E3 this year is more like it was this year, where we see several different games being demoed. Um, one of which I think is probably going to be a 2D Metroid. Okay, that's my prediction: is that we see a 2D Metroid for Switch this year? Because I agree with you, the trilogy is coming. Um, it's Metroid, just gotta. It just has to. Especially and Prime Four is so far away. I think it's at least next year for sure. You mean at the 2021? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I think it makes a ton of sense. I think Samus Returns on the 3DS was well received, mm-hmm. and uh, I think you have all those people at Mercury Steam who have now worked on a um Metroid game that for them to take like a a shot at like an HD 2D version. Um, so I also think that uh in March or possibly before, I maybe should have said this when we were talking about February directs. Um, you remember what happened February last year? Only the greatest thing that's ever happened to anyone. I'm referring, of course, to Tetris 99 uh, coming out on the Nintendo Switch as a free game for people who are subscribing to the Nintendo Switch online. I think there will be another game like that, another free to download and play uh, game that has nothing to do with the classic console collections um, and that is based largely around an online um, like uh, player experience uh, and either it, like it could be something as simple as Dr. Mario 99 like it could be that um, but it could be anything else that is like multiplayer focused um, I'm thinking maybe a Triforce Heroes-esque game um, or a Four Swords Adventures style game where you are always able to find people online playing because they can always find 98 other people for me to play uh, Tetris 99 with. Um, but I, I think they will do another something like that. I'm curious to see what it will actually be. Yeah, I think that makes a ton of sense. I think we'll also see some of those 
experiments that they've been doing with free-to-play games. Yep. Like um, the Kirby, Kirby one yeah. and Pokemon Quest. Like, uh, uh, but again, I don't really know what it is. Hazarding a guess, I'm going to say something around the Splatoon world. Interesting. That to me feels like a universe that people really like. Mm-hmm. I think Splatoon three is the ways off, and but we are in a post uh, Splatoon two getting updates and even getting like its sort of regular attention of uh, Splatfests. Right. No. Exactly. And so I think that they're they it's a valuable franchise for them that they will want to keep relevant and alive. So I think there is some sort of Splatoon thing coming this year. Splatoon Tactics 2020. <laughs> Splatoon Wars. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, and then uh, after the big Super Mario Maker 2 Direct in May, the next big Direct was a Pokemon Direct in June where we got even before E3 where we got even more Sword and Shield information. I don't know if that'll be necessary this year. Yeah, just that because they they're not like rolling out like a brand new generation of of thing. Yeah, I mean it'll either be like you say a third version, a remake of uh, a previous game, or a non-core Pokemon game. And I don't think it needs quite the same blowout that um, a Gen Eight. But did. at that point, we're in E three time. Yep. And I uh, I think maybe this is when Bayonetta three. Bayonetta three. Again. Yeah. Yeah, that's possible. Um, I had forgotten about Bayonetta 3, just think, entirely. Yeah, I think there's also some other interesting third-party games, maybe third-party developed Nintendo-published games that will be coming this year. Those are always my favorite, like the Astral Chains, where yeah, you're just too. like, what is, like, even though I haven't played Astral Chain, I just love that it exists, and you're like, yeah. I never could have guessed that this was possibly happening. I mean, this is uh, w- one thing like to not take for granted, especially in the Switch era, is that there are a ton of third-party games that Nintendo, third-party developed games that Nintendo has been publishing. Um, all the Dragon Quest games on um, Switch, well, like the newer ones, mm-hmm. the Builders, Builders 2, and 11S are all Nintendo published. Um, and uh, obviously um, Octopath Traveler. Um, I think they published like the... There was like a kickboxing fitness game yeah. that came out. I think maybe like Namco uh, developed it. Right. And I mean, oh, this is also to say nothing of like uh, the Cadence of Hyrule game. And, you know, like there there are a bunch of uh, games that other people are making that Nintendo is publishing. And I think that will have to continue because I, I don't totally share your optimism that we'll see too many other like third party games coming to switch i think this is going to be kind of a quieter year for third-party games in general because we are on the eve of the year eve i guess uh, of uh new hardware launching Mm -hmm. for uh playstation Mm -hmm. and microsoft and stadia is you know doing whatever stadia does um so like i think it might be kind of a weird year for um you know games that are going to come out as big and as uh extravagantly produced as possible but also way late in the year that's true i mean i guess i feel like that might actually be an opportunity for some of these third parties to be releasing stuff on switch they would just be library titles that are making with their way over instead of like uh games that are coming out at the same time as other big new releases yeah well and i guess like the counter argument is also true that like what do you really gain from being 
uh, like a launch window game on another platform, you get a smaller install base. Yeah, I mean, I my guess is we'll see a lot of like PS4, PS5 yeah. games that are like on both um, next year. But in September, we got another Nintendo Direct, and this was the focus on Luigi's Mansion 3 and Pokemon Sword and Shield. I believe this is also the one where we learned about Tokyo Mirage Sessions coming to Switch. Sounds right. Uh, do you have any guesses for what, uh, what will come from that? It's interesting because this would be the one where we would get our blowout on like the fall games yeah. or game. And I, I think what the big piece that we're missing here is like, I, if, if I believe that Breath of the Wild 2 is the like December game or the November game probably, then what is the September or October like, yeah. anchor release? Like what are those... Uh, like still still big but like kind of littler games. Right, cuz this year we got um Link to or Link's Awakening. Yep. And we got Luigi's Mansion 3 and we got Ring Fit Adventure. Right. So this is one of my uh my uh predictions is that at some point um next year probably in the September October uh period we will get some sort of new hardware that will be like Ring Fit Adventure or Labo. Um that it'll be something that we can't possibly predict. Uh, we'll have no concept of what it is we're holding or how it interacts with a video game in any way, uh, but Nintendo will put it out and will not give us a lot of time <laughs> between, like, announcement and here it is. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that's what I see in, like, the, the hardware future. Do you think, speaking of hardware, that we get a new Switch? Like, some hardware revision... Like a like there was the new 3ds. Mark, I do <laughs> not. Oh, okay. I do not. All right. I I think that uh we we will not see any like Switch Pro or anything like that launching against the next generation consoles because that's what the uh like fall and winter are going to be about. They're going mm-hmm. to be about PlayStation Five and Xbox whatever. Um, so I don't think Nintendo is going to want to be in that same conversation. And if they are going to put out a, uh, a, a updated Switch, they will wait to announce it until they are just about ready to put it out. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And it, Especially honestly, leading like, into the holidays like that, because people will still buy the old Switch until the second they find out there's a new one. Right. Well, and maybe they kind of already did with the upgraded sure. battery, right? Like, maybe they have made the changes that they want to make to the Switch. I think that would be a change for Nintendo, mm-hmm. right? Usually, even like the Wii, you got the like that weird version that didn't have Wi-Fi that was just you know like towards the end of its life. Yeah, like, yeah. I think it would be strange that if we red one, right? Like I think it'd be strange if we never saw another hardware revision for yeah. the Switch. Um, I think we will at some point. I don't think that 2020 is the year for it. Uh, basically, because I mean, first of all. The Switch Lite is uh, just came out this last year and late this last year, right in September, same day as uh, Link's Awakening. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think that uh, they want more time with it on the market before confusing it further. Um, and it, it, you know, it is like good to point out that like the Switch with the new battery isn't actually with a new battery. It's just that the processing power has become more efficient, right? So like in a way that really is more like a, a Switch Pro. Um, which, by the way, they will never call it that. <laughs> never in a million years will Nintendo try to uh, trick you into thinking that you playing a video game is you being a professional. They will never do it. <laughs> uh, looking at this, when we're talking about Luigi's Mansion 3 and Pokemon Sword and Shield being the focus of their September Direct, 
Um, one title that we that I we maybe know is coming in 2020. I honestly forget is Bravely Default Two. Ah, yes, I believe there was a, a date that said um 2020. So I wonder if that becomes kind of like the Octopath Traveler spot, which was a July game. I think it was kind of like the yeah, summer. That makes sense. Position. I also wonder if we're getting something Arms related. Or if oh, ARMS is just a franchise, arms. it sold over 2 million copies worldwide, but I wonder if, like, that is enough, or if that same team is busy on, you know, Mario Kart, or whatever, What what is going to happen with ARMS? Yeah. Yeah, I would guess that we... I mean, we, we should also get a new Kirby game this year. I mean, we should get new Kirby games, like, every three months, right? <laughs> <laughs> it just... did feel like on the 3DS, <laughs> yeah, that by the end... All the time. It was just always new... Kirby games. Uh yeah, and I don't uh I think um twenty twenty is the year where I get off of the uh like Kirby Yoshi train for a little bit where I'm like, you know what, I'll sit out one cycle of these uh of like the ultra easy mm-hmm. platformers. Um unless, you know, they find another way for it to be cute and then I'll be there. <laughs> I know this is not really the focus of our show. Um, just because you and I don't play it that often, but we're also a little bit, I think, in the dark as to what is happening with Nintendo's mobile efforts at this point. Oh yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's true. Because uh, like the last, I think last time that we talked about it, there was still like uh, kind of murmurs about there being a Zelda mm-hmm. a- experience. Um, obviously, no idea what what that actually is. But yeah, Mario Kart Tour was sort of the last thing that we knew was Mario Kart Tour and Dr. Mario right. World um, were both like the the last two sort of pillars that we knew were coming um, and they have come. Uh, so yeah, it would, I, I, yeah, it's it's weird to not know anything about that, right? Yeah, because usually like pretty far, I mean, not always, like Dragalia Lost, I feel like was kind of a surprise. Yeah. But in the past, they have been pretty far out in advance being like, these games are coming. I feel like a lot of their mobile games have been uh, delayed. Like none of them really rolled out right when they thought they were going to especially this year yeah so i will be curious if going forward especially with the switch doing so well because i do think that a lot of their focus on mobile uh in like their presentations and stuff initially was because the wii U, the switch hadn't launched and the wii u was not doing well yeah um and but now and I, the 3ds was going it was like sunsetting yes even even before the the uh the switch um was announced so i wonder if now that they will be taking more of like the approach they make for their console games where it's like we're gonna announce these just a little bit before they come out yeah instead of giving like 18 months heads up that something related to Animal Crossing is in the works for mobile. Yeah. Well, it's also like it's not a novel thing anymore, right? Like, remember how much buildup uh, there was to Super Mario Run? Like, yeah. they, he, they played it on Jimmy Kimmel. Like, that's crazy. It was one of the uh, main announcements at an Apple conference. Yeah. But it really was. Like, it's hard to imagine now, but there was so much pressure on Nintendo from, like, the investor community uh, to go into mobile games, right? Because people were like, "This is the future of Nintendo's business." There's right. no way they could survive in a console world, which they have now proven not to be true because the Switch is something more. But I mean, it does mean that like the Switch has collapsed two different revenue streams into one revenue stream, right? Like, um, it, it, the Switch is successful, but is it as successful as the Wii and the DS combined? Of course not, <laughs> right? Um, 
But is it as successful as the Wii U and the 3DS combined? Still, maybe not. I I, I, don't, I don't really know. We'd have to look at those numbers. But yeah, um, uh, it no matter what is like a sort of uh, funneling of the market down to one stream, um, so that there has to be something on the mobile side to sort of support that, um, or at least like buoy it a little. I think for me, really, what's exciting about 2020 is I feel like we know nothing. We don't know anything. We, we a couple John Snows over here. <laughs> Continue to know nothing. Is that reference still track? Does anyone care about Game of Thrones anymore? <laughs> no, it's pretty remarkable how much people stopped caring about it. <laughs> Just entirely. <laughs> yeah. Like, people aren't clamoring for the book anymore. People aren't clamoring for the book anymore. There was, like, two weeks when people were interested in, like, the prequel series that uh, HBO was talking about. And then, like, I haven't read anything about any of them in yeah. months. Um, but, yeah, I love that we don't know anything about Nintendo's 2020. I love that, like, if we had done one of these for 2019, there's no way we would have gotten anywhere near right. Because right. I love that Nintendo is always introducing something like Ring Fit Adventure yep, that, that we nobody could have predicted. Um, I have one more prediction, generally speaking, for the year, um, if, yeah, and it is the one of which I feel most certain. May I read it now? Yeah, uh, let me guess. Is it uh, themes will finally come to the nope. Switch and uh, folders will come to the Switch? Nope. Oh, okay. I don't think, uh, this is not a prediction, but I don't think our like a, a interface experience with the Switch will change ever. I think it's always going to be like it that. It is what it is. Yep. Um, Speaking of it is what it is, Persona 5 Royal comes out March 31st on PlayStation 4. Uh, therefore, we will not hear anything about a possible Persona 5 game on Switch before March 31st. Also, after. We will not hear about it after. If Persona 5 ever comes to Switch, it will be well after a PlayStation 5 version is released in like 2021 i think it is likely that we will never see persona 5 on switch um and no way that we hear anything about it next this year what is the name of the muso game scramble scramble and that comes out next year e, uh 2020 or 2021 sorry this year <laughs> 2020 I, I believe yeah I, I don't i don't know what the date is on yeah that. uh and you know shimigami's made tensei 5 of mm -hmm. which the uh Persona is a spinoff of the Shibigami Tensei series. That was announced way back at like the January Switch reveal. Yeah. Tw January 2017. It had like a little trailer and everything. Yeah, which we haven't heard anything about. So maybe that is coming to Switch this year. But I agree with you. I think Persona is a PlayStation series. Yeah. Like I uh I don't I agree with you that I don't think the mainline series is going to make its way to Switch anytime soon. Yeah. Do you think that there's any other like I, I scramble, you know, or like Q, like a Persona Q yeah, type the, thing. The labyrinth coming. ones, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Do you think there's any chance of like a, a Persona, another Persona spinoff game coming to Switch? Or yeah, I think so. I I think for sure because I think there is like a market for it. Um, you know, I mean, and I would still love to see some of like the. Sorry, let me explain my thought process before I make a huge... I was about to start talking about Resident Evil. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, but basically, like, Persona to me is, like, Resident Evil at this point, where I think it is kind of, like, inextricably linked. The mainline series are not going to come to Switch at the same time as the other games are, but I think that there is room for Resident Evil content on Switch. I feel the same for Persona, where, like, um, I think those series 
video games have become so complicated. Yeah. Right. And I think for like smaller companies like Atlas, it's really difficult to try to do everything. And so I don't think it's right. Like uh, Scramble is, I believe, being developed by uh, Koei Tecmo, right? Right, exactly. And so I think that's where they can leverage third parties to make content for Switch. And I see the same sort of thing happening with um, uh, like Resident Evil, another series that I love and wish more stuff was on Switch, but I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. No, I, I, I think that's, I think that's largely right. I do. Um, the the interesting thing about we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Um, is that uh, PlayStation um, is uh, they are still like developing and publishing um, MLB the show, um, but now that will be a multi-platform release um, next year for the first time ever. It's still a Sony first-party game, but it's going to be on Xbox and maybe Switch. We don't know. Um, and so, like, I wonder if uh, Sony is looking at their whole catalog more holistically. And so, if they put some kind of money behind Persona to be a PlayStation title, which you know it's it's never been on Xbox, so like that it makes sense. Um, I wonder if they sort of loosen on on that kind of idea too. Yeah, my guess is that the MLB the Show stuff it was specifically in contract negotiations with Major League Baseball because I think Major League Baseball probably like was has more sway than Atlas. Well, and they were just like, oh, we are limiting our audience, yeah, right, and we want more people to be interested in baseball, and the easiest way to do that is to you know make it as available as freely as possible. Whereas I don't know if they have the um, there's that same uh, that Atlas will necessarily feel that same pull. But I think your point is well taken. Um, any other predictions for the year, Mark? I think we're gonna get folders and themes no, on Switch, you fool. and maybe the return <laughs> of Nintendo Badge Arcade. At least give us the bunny. Oh my gosh, Nintendo Badge Arcade plus Rusty's Real Deal Baseball. <laughs> I just want that horrible dog and that awful bunny to be on my Switch. Is it too much to ask? Not if you're subscribing to Nintendo Switch Online. It's not too much to ask. <gasps> That's what it is, Mark. You've done it. You genius. All right, let's close this out. Of course, those are just our predictions for what's going to happen next year. Um, we would love to hear your predictions. So if you have them and they are well thought out and numbered in a weird list like me, you can email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. It's also okay if they're haphazard and not thought out like at all like mine were. Yeah, that's fine too. <laughs> Either way, email us or tweet at us. Uh, that's fun to do too. We like it. That's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like this episode, you can share it on Facebook or Twitter. On Twitter, I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. And you can check out the Facebook page, which is also just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers uh, celebrating Nintendo Badge Arcade like no other podcast does, saying thanks for listening. Hey. 
Hey, Rachel, Oscar. Yeah, Claire? Claire? Do you love Disney movies? Uh Uh-huh. Have you seen them all? Not Not all all of them. them. What do you guys think if we watch them all in chronological order and then talk about them? Ooh. Oh, and what if we could talk about it with some of our favorite friends? (gasps) I love that. Yeah, what if we do it inside the Disney vault? You know, that's the name of our podcast, Inside the Disney Vault on Campfire Media. Yeah, check us out on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to yours. That's Inside the Disney Vault. Let's go. Campfire.